If you guys love the podcast, you want to get the audible version of my new book, How to Be a Capitalist Without Any Capital at capitalistbook.com. A user named just Jay on Amazon said this in a review, a four hour work week for 2019. He goes on to say, I bought this book because I read somewhere that it was like a four hour work week of 2019 and it absolutely delivered. The book delivered on both big ideas and has specific actionable templates, including unredacted and minimally redacted emails. This book is not chock full of self-promotion or useless platitudes, but is broken down into four key rules explained in solid detail and with specific and often amusing anecdotes. Reading this really got my wheels and my head turning of how to be resourceful, which many say is the ultimate trait of a successful entrepreneur. My favorite of the four rules is blank. You have to go read the review to find out. But guys, thanks for supporting me on the podcast. I hope you go grab the book on Audible today at capitalistbook.com. He wishes he knew to buy Bitcoin. Interesting statement coming from someone that's investing in the tech related to blockchain versus the speculative nature of Bitcoin. But he's jumped in the space, founded up channel, raised 1.5 million bucks, team of 11 people again working on this product, essentially providing the first form of a wallet on these uh, on these phones that are produced by manufacturers that are not you know the typical ones you think of. They've got 2 million phones already in the hands of people using it today. The average engagement rates are way higher than other app engagement rates, which is great. Uh, they've got another 100 million in terms of devices committed over the next year to roll out their wallet to. Uh, right now, the product is focusing on other things besides their eventual revenue model, which will be a remittance product that charges way, way less than other remittance products like Western Union at 15%. He'll scale to there as he grows right now, looking to raise about 4 million bucks as he's traveling around, taking on investor meetings. This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. They had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're a bit strapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Jacob Katzoff. He worked in telecom for much of his career and then started as an EIR at IDT Telecom, then worked as director of mobile apps for PCS Wireless, and there he saw a big market opportunity. He left PCS, sold his home, and launched his current company, UpChannel, which we'll dump, jump into today. Jacob, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. All right. Tell us about UpChannel. What are you guys doing? How do you make money? All right. Well, UpChannel, our vision, our goal is to be the largest wallet holder in the world one year from now. So that's a digital wallet that will contain both Bitcoin and also the token that we are offering called Spire token. So it operates in the blockchain space, but I'll take a step back to let you know how we're going to accomplish that. Um, well, but before, sorry, before you do that, de- define the metric again. So largest, largest wallet holder in the world, what does that mean? Measured by what assets under management? It actually means digital wallets. Um, that we deliver to the product. So if you have a digital wallet on your phone, um, by this time next year, there will be 100 million smartphone owners using the digital wallet that we distribute. Okay, well, what if they all, what if they all have the digital wallet, but they don't have any of their money in it, right? So it's basically a useless account. Um, so, I mean, that's a really, it's a really good point that you bring up. 
what we're targeting are emerging market smartphone owners. These are first-time smartphone owners. Oftentimes, it's the first smartphone that they buy, that they launch. It has a software that we embed on those phones. And in that software, we're able to introduce them to a smartphone, to, to this wallet. Mm-hmm. And, and why do they need you over their current ways of you know changing and switching and paying with currencies? Well, currencies is a big problem. I think Venezuela is a great example where you have hyperinflation. Uh, the currency is not a trusted source in many of these markets. Also, for example, in the remittance space, uh, sending money back home, whether it's from the U.S. to Latin America, it's very expensive. Western Union, um, it's, it's, it's an expensive way to transfer money. So using the digital wallet uh, can help reduce that cost. Okay. And how do you make money? Well, we charge a fee on the remittance. It's just a much smaller fee than what's currently being charged today. What, what's currently charged and what is your fee? It can be as much as 15% for Western Union. Okay. We're just going to half of 1%. Okay, so you're charging 0.5% and others go as high as 15%. That's right. Okay, got it. And is that your main revenue stream? Is there any other revenue streams? There are other revenue streams built into the application, whether it's introducing the smartphone owner to dApps, uh, DApps are apps that live on the blockchain. Um, so we have DApp partners signed up. They've managed to launch successful ICOs, but now they have a big discoverability problem. Who, who, so is, built- who, who, who is your partner? So we have a whole list of partners I don't need to get into today, right? There are hundreds of DApps. Um, but these DApps need to get introduced to the smartphone owners, and we solve that problem. So they would pay us for discoverability. Mm-hmm. So you're essentially what people, my audience is very familiar with, obviously with an Apple app store. You're essentially the app store. These dApps are the apps in the app store and they can only be accessed through your up channel app store that's installed on these third world country phones. It, it's not a terrible analogy. Um, just with some clarification, we're not an app store. It's more like a recommendation list, almost like a, if you were to search in Google, you might see a list of queries, which then you can click on and it might take you to the existing app store. But we're making it easy for the smartphone owner to see those recommendations. Hey, here's a DAP that can help you with your identity. And then they can click on that identity DAP, install it from the native app store. We're just making it easier for the smartphone owner to find those DAPs. Okay. When did you launch the company? So I left PCS Wireless in 2015. And uh, we've been going full force there. We actually have 100 million smartphones annual to be shipped, signed under contract. Okay, what, what, what does that actually mean, right? It sounds like you have contracts. Are they five-year contracts? So in five years, it'll be 100 million actually used? I mean, what does it actually mean? Well, it's, of course, these are really good questions. Drilling down into the details, contracts range between one year and five years. We have many contracts signed. Um, Today, what it equals is 100 million over the next 12 months that will be shipped. So some contracts are valued at 5 million devices. Some are valued at 15 million annual. So, of course, you'll have compounding growth. And we have many more contracts in LOI stages or um, in our sales pipeline. So your top of the funnel is essentially just get your thing installed on the phone. You have 100 million of those essentially happening in terms of contract over the next year. What's the next stage of the funnel? What's the next activation metric you're, you're tracking? Well, this is just the beginning. And I think that it, it's 
again, we'll take a step back to talk about what the up-channel solution is and what I discovered, what caused me to leave my job, sell my home to start this business. Um, and also everyone that joined up-channel made sacrifices to start the business. My CTO and co-founder turned job offers down from the big companies in Silicon Valley. What's the team size today, Jacob? We're a team of 11. Okay, and where's everybody based? We're based in New York, New Jersey, and uh, San Francisco. Okay, got it. So kind of remote, which is nice. It looks like you're traveling around the country. Are you? Do you work out of this this spruced up RV van you're filming in? Um, no, you did catch me traveling around the country. That's it's, good. Uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun right now. Um, so it's it's uh, and it's good to take a break and jump on this call. Have you have you bootstrapped or have you guys raised capital? It, well, it's raised capital, but it's also been on a bootstrap budget. We, we've raised less than $1.5 million in total to date. Uh, and was that traditional, by the way, sorry, was that through an ICO or did you raise traditional equity? We have not launched an ICO. That's traditional equity through classic venture capital, two accelerators, uh, angel investors. We are raising an A round now. How much are you trying to raise? Trying to raise $4 million. Okay, and what 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 will you spend that on? Growth. We have a a wonderful problem, which is that we've signed so many deals. We now need to hire more engineers to actually deliver on it. Um, you know what what we've what we've identified, and the problems that we're solving for this market is that you know we have a little more than half the world has a smartphone. And about 70% of that market share smartphones being used are sold by smartphone manufacturers that we've heard of. Huawei, Samsung, Apple, Xiaomi. The other 30% global market share is manufacturing phones and selling it into market. And we haven't really heard of those names. And those are our partners. So these are what we call tier two and tier three smartphone manufacturers. So they make a phone. One of our partners is called Hyundai Mobile. They also make cars and they make phones. Um, today, they view themselves simply as a hardware business. You know, before they were selling a flip phone, but now they're selling a smartphone. And you, you know, it's 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 you have your margins and your profit. But when a smartphone is sold into market, it creates all sorts of problems that a flip phone didn't have before. Sure, it's like a mini computer. So we provide the software to Hyundai Mobile and our partners that allow them to to manage those problems. Yeah, Jacob, sorry. I think I understand the, I think my audience and I understand the product clearly. What I'm trying to figure out are, are what, how do you, how do you gain market share, right? So just selling, even if your contract values were for a billion phones over the next year, that's great. You're on all these phones. I have a bunch of apps on my phones that I install, but I never open the apps. They give me no utility value. So what is the next step? What, once you're on a billion phones, what do you have to get the phone owners to do with your app? The phone owner, we call them the smartphone owner. They, they love our app because it solves problems for them. Yeah, but how if do you measure? Like, how do you measure that? Like, if someone if someone installs it, how many times do they open it in a week? Right. Well, sometimes it can be every day. No, on average. So right now we, I mean, we're going into the metrics and right of, of which I don't want to exactly dive into, but we can. I can tell you that our engagement rate is higher than the average application. What is average? So. Some applications pre-installed on phones get open just once or twice a year or sometimes not at all. 
Um, so it's our open rates are it's more than two times per user or per week right now at this at our current rate. Okay. okay. And how many and how many you have a hundred million in contracts, but how many are actually in the hands already today of a of a phone owner? We're on about two million phones today. Okay, two million today, and that's the cohort where you're pulling this data from that you're sharing with me now. Yes. So, right. Um, what the smartphone, why he opens the phone is that, or why she opens the phone is that when she launches it and she has a question, the application that's branded for Hyundai, it has their logo. It's not our logo. And they can log into the app and they can just say, hey, how come my Bluetooth speaker isn't working? They go into live chat, like WhatsApp messaging, and they're talking directly to Hyundai support. So that's the reason the engagement rate is so high. This is the first, sometimes the most advanced piece of hardware software that they've ever owned in their lives. So, so Jacob, do you questions. make money? And do you make go, do you make money on that though? We don't charge our partners for this software. We're not charging the end user for that support. It's free. So of the two million people that are actually using it today, with average open rates and engagement rates way higher than industry average, how many of them have sent some form of remittance, which is the only revenue stream you've told me so far? Right. <laughs> I, I mean, I I love your directness. Launching the wallet is in our future roadmap, right? That's our vision. We are going to be the largest wallet holder. It's not a product that we have launched yet. That's so you're pre you're pre revenue today. We're pre revenue. Got it. Right. Got it. Okay. So pre-revenue, uh, team of 11 people between New York, New Jersey, San Francisco, you raised 1.5, you're raising 4 million now. When you go out to markets to raise and, and they ask you, well, you know, why is your, why do you want evaluation of X? Walk me through how you're thinking about valuing the company. Well, I mean, you can look at the current valuations today for companies like Coinbase or Venmo. Jacob, they make money. Sure they do. And so will we. Right? Yeah, but and they get the valuations they get because they have serious, serious amounts of money, revenue coming in. Venmo actually doesn't yet make money. They don't charge for the service. It's completely free. Um, yet when they sold to PayPal, it was, I think, for $600. Uh, today, they would probably sell for many X that. Um, so it's, it's, Wait, Jacob, uh, sorry. Venmo, Venmo charges me a fee to put money through their platform. Right. Well... They're not making money today. Sorry, I don't. When I, I'm not talking about bottom line. I'm, they have revenue. You don't have any revenue. <laughs> um, those are certainly look. If if you want to be a venture, a VC that says, "Hey, show me revenue. We want to see revenue today from uh, before you launch the product that will generate revenue." Then probably not the right. Oh yeah, Jacob. Sorry, that's not what I'm. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to get in your. I'm trying to prod you so I can get in your head so that you can paint a direct line from where you are today. To revenue. So when someone says, we're not giving you a $15 million pre-money valuation on $4 million raise unless we can clearly understand how you're going to make revenue, what do you say? Well, we can show you the market comparables, how much revenue they're generating, and then explain that as we incorporate those features, we will also generate revenue. Mm-hmm. And why? So what if they just say, well, uh, listen, if, if you end up stealing serious market share from from Western Union, they'll just drop their remittance fee down to 0.25% and they'll just get in a price war with you and it's a race to the bottom. Sure. Well, then what? How do you beat someone that has billions of funding when you've got a million and a half? Well, I think that's a, a great question for many of the startups that have beaten their incumbents. But that's something that that startups do, right? 
Well, no, what would you do? The, the, the difference is like, let me use like a HubSpot example, right? They have different pricing axes and value metrics they can price on. You told me your biggest value metric is that you charge 0.5% and Western Union and these others for remittance charge 15%. So if your only value is, again, just that percent, it's you're cheaper. Someone, if you start selling market share, will just be cheaper than you until you go bankrupt and then raise their prices again. Um, sh- sure, that's always a, a possibility. Um, there's... And I guess you have to take it from there. You can also say, hey, well, why won't Google just knock it off and try to beat you to it? Why even try to create a startup? Um, I mean, I, 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 I hear the argument, but that certainly is not what keeps me up at night. Jacob, I'm just I'm not saying don't start a startup. You're, I'm just asking you, if someone gets their remittance fee lower than yours, what other value axes will you double down on to keep market share? Right. Well, for one thing, being... Uh, our product gives us control of the device. And since our wallet is going to be the first wallet that this smartphone owner is introduced to, I think that there's some loyalty there. If they're going to want to switch to a competitor, they're going to have to have a reason to do that. Uh, I'm sure they can, but I think that we've kind of built a moat around the relationship with the smartphone owner. But it's it's white labeled, right? Correct. The smartphone owner never, never knows up channel. They know your partner. That's right. So if your partner adopts a new thing that does the exact same thing you do, the end consumer is not going to say, well, wait, I love up channel. Keep up channel. Sure. The partner can try, can do that. I'm not sure why they would. Right. Um, the, our partners will get a cut of the revenue generated, which is a new source of revenue, which is in many cases, the first of its kind for a hardware manufacturer that's used to one off sales. What cut will they get at the other half point of uh, of remittance fees? Every relationship is is different, but but is it generally structured as a per, as a smaller percentage than the point five percent you're taking? You're basically giving them a cut of the point five percent. That would happen, yes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. When are you trying to raise by? Do you have a timeline you're trying to get on, or we're trying to raise as soon as possible? Uh, we have many checks in, but we're looking for a lead. How have you already taken in checks if you don't have a lead that set the terms? Um, it's. You, you can assign term sheets that are pending on the lead. But usually the lead investor sets the terms and then you take that term sheet out to the other investors. What have you done? We put language into the term sheet that states that the valuation will be indicated once the lead is in. Okay, so the lead, you're basically waiting on the lead to set the valuation, but all the other terms in the term sheet are set, you know, if it's an inter- interest rate, things like that. Well, it's they're 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 not notes. Oh, okay. Um, right. Okay. So you basically just, have just people have said, "Hey, we'll give you this much money." Uh, it, you know, it's committed. Uh, go out and find a lead to set the valuation, and then we'll back into what percentage we're getting from that. That's right. I see. And there are there are signed sheets, and there are also hard circles. Um, but we have we have both. That's great. You don't have any, you don't see, let's say you go get a valuation of a hundred million bucks and then these people putting in a million realize, wait a second, I'm only going to get 1% of the company. I thought I was going to get 6%. How did you get a ridiculous valuation that high? They don't pull out. It's always a risk, but if you're successful with that lead, you can always make that up. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Good stuff, Jacob. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Uh, Zero to one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Oh gosh. Um, yeah, there, 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 there are several Jeff Bezos. 
Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building a business? Dachshund. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? <laughs> That's a good one. I also have two kids, three and uh, one, and I start my day at 4.30 in the morning, but I try to get six. Okay, and situate, you have two kids, are you married? Okay, and, and how old are you? 32. 32. Last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? That is a wonderful question. I wish I knew to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> Guys, there you have it. He wishes he knew to buy Bitcoin. Interesting statement coming from someone that's investing in the tech related to blockchain versus the speculative nature of Bitcoin. But he's jumped in the space, founded up channel, raised 1.5 million bucks, team of 11 people, and working on this product, essentially providing the first form of a wallet on these uh, on these phones that are produced by manufacturers that are not you know the typical ones you think of. They've got 2 million phones already in the hands of people using it today. The average engagement rates are way higher than other app engagement rates, which is great. Uh, they've got another 100 million in terms of devices committed over the next year to roll out their wallet too. Uh, right now, the product is focusing on other things besides their eventual revenue model, which will be a remittance product that charges way, way less than other remittance products like Western Union at 15% he'll scale to there as he grows right now, looking to raise about 4 million bucks. He's traveling around, taking on investor meetings. Jacob, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you.